What up, doe? We are back. We are back. We are back. I am Sean Crowell. Matt Benavides. Matthew Thomas, Michael Gregory. And we're back for another episode of the MSM Podcast. Yes, sir. Um, appreciate you joining us. Gregory is reporting live from Galveston Island. Is that right, Gregory? Ooh. A little pirate beach action down here. Weather is pretty nice, a little windy, but uh, feeling nice. Got a nice little tan. Atta boy. So <laughs> nice. Gregory uh, is calling in from location, so that's why it may sound a little different. I think we heard it back in like a pre-meeting and it sounded fine so i think we're good to go yeah um all right let's dive right in we are at uh june 30th um and the biggest story of this past weekend obviously cam newton to the patriots yeah um i know i was going to get him food and as soon as i got my <laughs> as soon as i got the the message i immediately text you guys while i was driving uh <laughs> seems safe going about 80 miles an hour <laughs> definitely say and it was the first thing i said i think was i told you so yeah i had been saying ever since tom brady left that cam was going to the patriots was i not yeah yeah i mean, I mean uh, it just I remember made sense in the, in the mock draft you had talked about it as well i think we all did kind of a little bit um but yeah it does it's definitely a good fit for him so uh, i'm not shocked Gregory, what are your what were your initial thoughts when you got that notification or my text, whichever came first? My initial thoughts was I'm going to draft him in fantasy football. Oh, uh, really? Around. Yeah. Why not? Why not roll the dice on the end of the rounds with Cam Newton in the Patriots' offense? The guy can, even if Jason uh, was at Statham starts the first couple games, Cam comes in. I have Cam. <laughs> At least playing or passing for three thousand yards and running for four hundred. Okay, for those listening, uh, Jason Statham is not the quarterback for yeah, the Patriots. He's it's, the he's the transporter. Yeah, there you go. It's Jared Stidham. Uh, you um, know, it was close. But yeah, no, you're right there. You're right on par. I, I loved it. I just wanted to make sure. I expect nothing less from you. Yeah, just make sure we're on the same page. But yeah, I will tell you, it's going to make the playbook look a lot different from the way it looked with Tom Brady under QB and even probably what Jarek Stidham was going to do. Um, you know but it'll be an interesting, interesting uh, to see, that's for sure. Yeah, Josh so, McDonald has to be licking his chops right now. Yeah, I mean, to go – yeah. I, I saw something that was like, but no team has ever lost an MVP quarterback and then gained an MVP quarterback in the same offseason. Oh, I didn't even think about <laughs> or that. Or even, I guess, MVP. I doubt any position in that for that matter, but – uh, to lose an MVP and gain one right away. And, like, that was, like, four years ago. Like, that wasn't a, a long time ago. No, not at all. And, like, I guess I just never understood what took so long to get Cam signed. Like, they said that – excuse me, uh, apparently, like, uh, the Browns, like, expressed interest but never really reached out oh. or anything like that, which I totally understand because why buy a Mercedes when you have a Pinto? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't need that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess it, it... – Blows my mind, but hey, to each their own, I suppose. We're running different teams. I don't have one. So Cam signs uh, for an quote incentive laden deal worth up to about seven point five million. Um, the base salary is one point one, and I saw a really kind of interesting tweet uh, over the weekend 
that was uh, Chase Daniels making more money God. than Cam Newton and Jameis Winston combined. Ooh, wow. And he's making about eight to nine million this year. Go get your bread, Chase Daniels, man. I, you know, right. I see. Oh, I'm telling you, props to his agent for getting that contract in. So, Gregory, you had talked about Cam's stats uh, for the year, like what you thought. You said, what, 3,400, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move over to the Patriots. What do you what do you think the Patriots gonna, record is going to look like? And do you think the East is still has to go through New England now, or do you I, think Buffalo has a chance? Well, you got to remember the Patriots had the number one defense last year, right? So plugging in Cam, you're definitely going to be productive. I mean, it's going to take take a couple games since there is really no off season. I think yeah. I still have to give that the edge true. to the Bills because Cam's got to learn a new scheme, the Patriots scheme. It's tough to conquer, especially since Tom Brady ran that offense for years, unless they're yeah. just going to scrap it and run yeah. something totally different. So as of right now, I give it to the Bills, but I could see the Patriots sneaking into the, the wild card, um, you know, make some noise or rally uh, late. And then – could Cam be the the new future quarterback of the future for the New England Patriots? I don't know. It'll be curious to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, and the Bills just got Stephon Diggs, right? Yeah, they just traded for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, so, I mean, so you have Josh Allen, who's kind of coming into his own. He looked good, um, you know, in the playoffs last year or and throughout the whole season, made the playoffs. Um, and now you add, you know, Burner like Stephon Diggs. Um, who's they got John Brown, Brown, Cole Beasley. You got Devin Singletary. They Devin just Singletary. They uh, just drafted Zach Moss, the running back. So I mean, to replace Frank Gore, oh, their defense yeah. is still okay, pretty stout. So I mean, the Bills. I'm saying they're going to look pretty solid. I I think it's got to run through the Bills. How how could it not? So what do you think? Um, what do you think the Pats' record looks like now? Right now, I could see them going. Nine and seven, eight and eight. Yeah, it's, I think that's about what I would give them as well. Yes, yeah, I, I, I think I'm a little more optimistic. I think Cam is, like I said, three, four years removed from an MVP season. He still has a whole, had a whole year of rest under his body. Now, like you said, he's going to have to get used to the, to the playbook. But I mean, you still got that that defense. Still got Stephon Gilmore. You still got guys that can get to the quarterback. Um, and, and you got the greatest coach of all time. So, like, I, I can see them going 10 and 6 with Cam, even 11 and 5. Like, oh, wow, I think okay. Cam is going to be a shoe in for uh, comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even think it's going to be close. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the Pats, as much as I hate to say it, um, keep, 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 uh, keep winning the East. One thing that I did uh, want to ask you guys was, who do you think is more lucky? Is it the Patriots or is it the Colts? To go from Tom Brady <laughs> to Cam Newton or to go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck? Like, both teams just kind of – obviously, Luck's not in the league anymore, and we yeah. have no idea how Cam's going to do. Yeah. But just from a, a point, if you were a Texans fan, and Gregory, I'll get your opinion on this in a second. Okay. To finally have Peyton Manning out of the picture, and you're like, yes, like we could take over. And then they sign like a, a prototypical type quarterback and in, in Andrew Luck. And at the time, you're thinking, dang it, like you're going to go on a tear. And now, if you're a, a Bills or a Jets fan, you're like, 
ding dong the witch is dead like finally this is our time the east is up for grabs oh crap they just went and got a former mvp uh i don't know who's more lucky in in a sense of just falling into the right position now obviously both teams are good like they don't win because they're lucky but they got themselves in the situations that just panned out perfectly yeah yeah it definitely did i mean I would say the Patriots, personally for me, I mean, to go, like you said, from MVP to MVP, man, I granted, yeah, he is a few years removed, but I mean, Cam wasn't like crazy old when he won MVP, so it's not like he's you right. know, over the hill. He's got plenty of plenty in the gas tank. And it's not even like whenever he played for the Panthers, they had like some stacked offense either. That is true. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. he wasn't, I mean, who was his receiver that I guess it was? Steve was, Smith, was he still there? Yeah. Ted Ginn and Steve uh, Smith. Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, Kelvin, right. the big bus Benjamin. So it's not like he needs, like, some stacked roster. You still have Amendola there. Not Amendola, sorry. Uh, Edelman. Edelman. Edelman, thank you. They mm-hmm. have Mahomet yeah. Sanu. They got Nikhil Harry. Um, I don't James know who White. the tight end is. They still have Rex Burkhead? Is that still yeah. a thing? Yeah, Rex Burkhead. Keep giving them checks, right? You know what? But they, 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 they're, if you look at the running backs, they have Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James oh, White. They just drafted Damian Harris, right? Uh, the other year, first, second, something. Yeah, they, they sure did. So sure did. if you make, can you imagine a James White, Sony Michelle in the background with Cam Newton running the option or something like that? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It, but, you know, with all this stuff Bill Belichick thinks up, having something like Cam under center, who's the complete opposite from what Tom Brady is mobility-wise, it's going to open up a whole new avenue of play calling, you know? Yeah. But I, I guess back to your original question, Sean, me, I would say the Colts, 100%. Um, you go from Peyton Manning, Manning. probably one of the, the greatest of all times, up there with Tom Brady and, you know, the other greats. And then they essentially just kind of sat him out with his neck, not knowing what was going to happen. And they got the number one quarterback prospect in probably the last 25 years. Right. And Andrew Luck. And that guy was sensational. Just just, the Colts did no favor in building an offensive line for Manning or uh, Andrew Luck. They just did. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm just upset just the way they handled both those guys. And then when Andrew Luck retired, I really thought, okay, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, you know, in a few years. Um, they very well could, you know. Yeah. Who knows what Philip Rivers will do. Um, I'm hoping he at least wins six games. But if they somehow get Trevor Lawrence, I'm just going to – I mean, I, I don't know. I'm yeah, gonna lose yeah, pack it, it up. Yeah. If, they, if they manage to get Trevor Lawrence or another top-tier quarterback, like that's just – but, I mean, you have all the luck in the world. That horseshoe is the most fitting emblem for your team ever. Yeah. But, I mean, the Patriots, dude, they essentially lucked out as well. You have Cam Newton, former MVP, just fell in their lap. And it wasn't just like, oh, we waited a few days. It's been months. And they got him at a huge discount. It's just, man, like like you said, if I'm a Bills fan, they're probably feeling how I felt with the Colts. Because, I mean, you <laughs> – you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. You were right, Sean. You nailed it on the head. And then all of a sudden, it's back alive. Like, what, what do we got to do? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and that's why I, I pick uh, 
the Patriots just because you had Tom, you had Drew Bledsoe. Drew Drew Bledsoe. He goes out and gets hurt. You know, like, oh crap, who's this backup? Goes on to win you six Super Bowls. And, and then, for 20 years, yeah. You know what I mean? And just goes on a tear who's, in my as much as I hate to say it, he's the greatest football player of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely easily the greatest quarterback. Um, yeah. But and, – and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, now he wants to leave. Well, what can we do? Oh, we can get a re- – or not a reigning, but a former MVP who still – I, I believe in the prime of his career. Like he's not that old. Nah. Is he even no, in his thirties? You know, I think Cam, he might be twenty nine thirty. Right. So, and then you get him for what, like a million dollars, like something you would pay less than a rookie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's is, that's that's the kicker for me as to why they yeah. like it's such a crazy thing. It's like yeah, you got Cam Newton, but like normally, okay, you lost a quarterback. Maybe you go get one in free agency, and you got to pay him sixteen, seventeen mil, one point one million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, but and I'm you, you, and he, you know, he definitely like, banked on himself with all those incentives. You know what I mean? Like, right. The incentives, well, I think, bump it up a good bit. But that's, yeah. I think it still pushes it up to seven base, and a half. Wow, you really. Do you think he? You think he took a deal like that because it was the Patriots? Like, I could probably go get four or five somewhere else, or I could take a one and go to the Patriots and like, you know, ex- extend my chance of winning. Bet on myself. I'll know I'll do well. Like I'll win games. I have Belichick. Yeah. So at least I can use that for leverage next year and then maybe sign 14, 15. That's fair. I think, next year. I, think, uh, uh, I think you're probably on to something with that. I think it's also partially due to the fact that, uh, like you said, he's, he's going to try and uh, really make this a year. You think he wins comeback player of the year. I think, it's, I think he walks away with that. Yeah, right? and so if that's the case and then you see – Dak reset the market, then what you know what I mean? Right. You, it gives you the opportunity and, a, and an insane amount of leverage. And I would I pay, I was gonna ask you way faster than I would pay Dak, even coming off an injury. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, boys. So, comeback player of the year. All right, here we go Rob Gronkowski, Ben Roethlisberger, Ooh. Cam Newton. Who are you giving the edge to? I think it's Cam by a mile. Like, I don't think. Gronk has as big of an impact at tight end as as Cam as quarterback because yeah. the quarterback position is so much greater. Like it's it's so more scrutinized. And I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, "Oh, Cam's gonna have to battle for the starting spot. Like, get out of here. He'll be here. There. Yeah. He'll be there week one. Like, yeah. it's not even he's he's the starter walking in the building you know right? I mean? as he goes to sign the contract. So it's, so, it's funny you ask that because or you say that because I was looking at uh, they put up the odds for comeback player of the year today, and it was Big Ben was one. Gronk was two, and then Cam was like plus eleven thousand at three. Wow, we might have to go take a trip to Vegas. Then. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, because I mean, if you're asking me, I think Cam would definitely be up there. Gronk would probably be a very close second. Uh, I love to say it. Uh, I think Big Ben is washed. I think I think he's about done in the league, which is great for the Browns, horrible for Steelers fans. But I mean, it is what it is. He is on the radio station, Washed FM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah. you know th- there is that, and, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think y'all are definitely onto something with that. Uh, he banked on himself, and Cam is know, known for I, his workouts too. The guy it always is in crazy shape. Like you look at this guy's Instagram feed, like he is like a, a beast. He reminds me of, like Russell Westbrook. Like the, the guy is just oh, yeah, muscles on muscles, and the stuff he can do is just absurd. And the athleticism he possesses, and then you put him on Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. See what he does in that offense, man. If he can just 
I think he could have another MVP year. He could do that. Was that 2015 when he was with the Panthers or 2016, that MVP uh, kind of run? 16. Yeah. There you go. I think you could see that. You know, he might not reach that full MVP, but like a tier below it, man, that would be scary and fun to watch. Yeah. And, 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 and again, like I said, like he wasn't doing it with like world beaters in Carolina. So <laughs> if he can take Carolina to what, 15-1 that year? Uh, yeah. yeah, there was like – there was something close, 13-3, 14-2, something like I that. Think, I, I think they were 15-1, honestly. But anyway, so I think kind of moving forward, um, literally like two minutes after I got this notification, I got another one about the Patriots, um, that the Patriots are finally being penalized for the recording of the sideline for the Cincinnati Bengals game. Um, the NFL dealt out um, $1.1 million penalty and a loss of a 2021 third-round pick. Um, Patriots TV crews will not be allowed to shoot any uh, games during the 2020 season. Hmm. Um, and it's funny because, like, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this, I 100% believe Belichick knew this was coming out on Sunday, and he probably knew he was going to sign Cam a week and a half ago, right? Yeah. And then yep. it was like, you know what? Let's hold let's hold on to our cards, right? Let's hold our cards close to our chest or whatever the expression is. And then we're gonna drop like he he's got the hookup for the NFL. Like he knows when they're gonna drop news and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So okay, they're gonna drop it today at five. Okay, at four fifty, let's drop the news that we're signing Cam. And it's gonna get buried <laughs> in the news because no one's gonna be talking yep. about it because everyone's gonna be talking about Cam. Like, literally look, doing research for this, I was trying to figure out what the penalties were. Like, I knew it was a million dollars. I knew they lost a pick. But I knew there was something else. I was trying to find that third thing about the TV crews. Right. And anytime I typed in, like, Patriots penalties or uh, recording penalties, it, would, it was literally, like, the headline would be, like, Pat- uh, Patriots penalized, but they signed Cam Newton. And the whole article would be about Cam Newton. I was like, that's exactly what Bill Belichick wants. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he knows what he's doing. Definitely. I would say so, even down to the fact that they got penalized as much as they signed Cam for. That's what I thought was hilarious. And so, like, you, you, you can manage to bury everything under the signing of Cam, like you said. So, that is kind of crazy that you say that. Only Bill Belichick, man. He's just one of the smartest head coaches of all time. Like, Oh, yeah. It's not I, the I, best head coach of all time. Just the way that he – he knows information is coming out and I'm, yeah, I, I think this is a berry for sure. And then just, I didn't know about this until you sent me this, Sean. And I had to look it up and I was like, cause it was just so much cam, cam, cam. Right. And here at the beach, I was like, we were talking about cam, but no one knew about this. And I was like, what? Yeah. So, no, yeah, it literally it, dropped like 20 minutes. Cause again, I was going, I was driving to go get food. <laughs> I, I get the message about, cam being you know being picked up right right yeah we're on our way home i walk in the door and i'm like did you hear about cam to benavidez and he's like oh yeah and i look down on my phone and i see an espn notification and i'm like oh here it is about the trade or about the about the, the signing or whatever and i looked down and it was about the patriots being penalized and i was like oh like it was like tw- it's literally like 20 30 minutes later that between the two reports from espn.com so it's just it's just hilarious because this should be big news you know what i mean like yeah this should be a big deal but now no one knows about it or at least nobody cares because cam is such a big name and and he's such a like a likable guy like you saw all the players came out and were like happy for you you got tweets from like the whole league that was like oh he's gonna dominate and so glad he's <laughs> back and yada 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 and, and belichick knew that was gonna happen oh, yeah. you know what i mean so it's like i i firmly believe he knew 
two weeks ago that they were signing Cam, <laughs> but he was like, let's not release it until this thing drops and we'll get it as a cover-up. So very well played. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely the best way to go about it. You know, he's Bill Belichick, he's just playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers, my friend. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's... <laughs> get out. The classic <laughs> Belichick expression. Um, so, okay, my question for you guys is, is what do you think is a bigger deal? The 1.1, well, let me rephrase that. Of the three things, easily losing the third round pick is the biggest deal, right? Oh, I would think I so. Uh, I think the 1.1 is kind of whatever. Clearly, they're okay with that. They gave it to Cam as well. So, um, yeah, it's, I would... it's, that 1.1 is almost like Cam's salary. You just add it on. So, you signed Cam for $2.2 million, you know? Yeah. Do you think down... with, with the salary cap potentially going down next year, that 1.1 might be crucial? That's mm-hmm. why I think it's important. Obviously, I don't think it's as important as a third-round pick, but with the salary cap potentially staying flat or going down more next year, and if Cam has a good year, he's going to want to get paid Money. next year. Yeah. So that 1.1 yeah. might be you know, crucial. Yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, Bill Belichick, he's a master at just the salary cap as well. I mean, they do a good job of restructuring people and didn't know it. If they that happens, he'll just tag them and trade them, you know, like – they have a good like if um, Jamie Collins he you know he wanted more money and he he gets traded. He got Chandler him. Jones wanted more money. He gets he traded. So they they have no problem sending people out in their primes. Right. And then if uh, Cam has a great year, you know, why not stay with the Patriots and okay instead of twenty million, he'll probably take eighteen because like. Hey, what what I have here, Bill Belichick, you can take me to another level, and then I can get paid again. Who knows? Yeah, I think with next year being the big year for free agent quarterbacks, he's gonna get he's gonna get broke off nice. But I I just feel like the the third round pick is so huge because that's where Belichick gets his steals is like those mid round mm-hmm. picks, early to mid round yeah. picks. So I think for him, I think the the one thing that he's probably pissed out the most about is that third round pick. So I'm curious though about not being able to shoot any games during the 2020 season. So that does that mean they like cuz I I assume that that's, he was just scouting them essentially. So having that you know extra knowledge to come up with a defensive game plan which Bill Belichick is a master at doing especially if they get to the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, he will take away what's best on you uh, after watching just tape. And if they can't do that, that could be – that could hinder more than the third-round pick. Yeah, definitely for this year, not being able to, like, watch film and stuff or, and, and getting uh, – you know what I mean? Like, that's – yeah, that is definitely interesting. I think that's obviously more of the immediate uh, backlash yeah, than, sure. than the 2021 third. But, yeah, you know, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, so kind of shifting gears over to the NBA – um, recently the schedules were announced and I, I, I took the liberty of, of kind of putting them together for you guys. So you guys could see them in one spot. Um, the funny thing was when I was looking for this, I couldn't find anything where they had all the games in order that looked like nice and clean. Uh, so I made this little makeshift one. If you're obviously listening, trust me, you're not missing anything, but, uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about who had the hardest and who had the easiest schedule. Now, again, it is the top 22 teams. Um, the bottom eight, you know, pretty much stayed at home. Uh, 22 stay at the ESPN Worldwide, the Sports Complex of Disney. It's an eight-game season. If the Ooh. difference between 
the eight and nine seed is four games. They do a play in between those uh, teams. Um, if the eight seed wins, they advance. If the ninth seed wins, they run it back the next day for a winner take all. Um, so the tip off is going to be, uh, I believe, July 30th. Uh, so that'll be the first game. Um, before we get into the like, major games you guys are looking forward to, um, I wanted to go, like I said, over the hardest and the easiest schedules. And looking at this, um, at, at all the schedules, I was thinking, okay, somebody like the Kings or like some kind of like low school, like n- not a very high ranked team, some low Eastern team, maybe the Magic, they'll probably have the hardest schedule because they have like the worst record, right? But it looks like the Lakers have the hardest schedule. The Lakers are um, the only team, I'm sorry, they're one of two teams that only play one sub 500 team, right? Yeah, um, and, and one of them, uh, I'm sorry, two teams. They only play two teams with sub 40 wins, and one of them has 39 wins. So basically, 40 wins. Um, they go on a crazy. They start their um, the first five games are Clippers, Raptors, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, all above 40 wins. God. They play the Pacers at 39 and 26. Then they play the Nuggets at 43 and 22. And then they end with the Kings. So the Kings, the game eight is their first game where they play somebody sub 500. Um, and again, it's LeBron. So you feel it's, it's LeBron. They just signed J.R. Smith. Um, so, you know, take that how you will. But, um, you know, <laughs> well, what I mean? did like, it, who did they they're lose? the number one team in the league for, for a reason. So, or I'm yeah. sorry, number two team. Bucks are number one. But again, number one in the West. So they really have a gauntlet to go through themselves. Now, obviously, they're not in any danger of missing the playoffs. But no. um, it's just crazy to see that. Another team that kind of caught my eye with a tough schedule was uh, the Suns. The Suns are the only other uh, – they have they play one team that's sub-500. Uh, but it's a little bit easier. They have the Wizards. And I, I don't believe Bradley Beal's playing. And then, you know, mm-hmm. kind of drops off. They have two – Two teams at 40 wins – or three teams at 40 wins. So, you know, not as tough, but definitely a, a tough a tough schedule indeed. But um, what do you guys think? What are your thoughts on the schedules? Does they see anything that kind of popped out? I was looking at the Pelicans schedule, and if I'm a Pelicans fan, you might be able to squeak in this, man. You play the Jazz, who is 41 and 23, but I think they're beatable. Um, they play the Clippers. You know, that could be a loss. Then you play the Grizzlies who's at 500. Then you play the Kings. Then you play the Wizards. Then you play the Spurs, who's at 500. Then you play the Kings again. And then you play the Magic. Yeah. Who's got, I mean, I think if I'm a Pelican, like you're looking at probably seven wins. Yeah. No, okay. that, and that's and that's the team that I had as my easiest schedule. Uh, just they, they play five sub-500 teams, and one of them uh, – one of them is 27 and 26, which is the Spurs. So – is basically six 500 or sub 500 teams, and you get to play the you get to play the Kings twice. Oh, yeah. like ooh, yeah. me? Oh. Yeah. if I'm you know, like you said, if I'm Zion, I'm licking my chops. Like we could sneak in this thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's interesting, and uh, I mean, I'm obviously biased. My Sixers, when I saw their lineup, I was I honestly thought the Sixers had the easiest schedule until I saw the Pelicans. So the Sixers play five sub 500 teams. Um, the only thing about them is they end on like a really hard note. The last two games are against the Raptors and then the Rockets. Um, but other than that, they got, they start off with Pacers who are, you know, 39, 26. They're not bad. They're, they're solid. 
Then you got Spurs, Wizards, Magic, Trailblazers, Suns, um, and then you go back to back with Raptors, Rockets. So Raptors, Rockets is going to be tough. Um, they always have you know trouble with the Raptors. I think now with Kawhi gone, I think you Kawhi gone and Joel and Ben at one hundred percent. Like I, I don't know. I think the Sixers could really make a push to go to the NBA Finals. I think you know the East isn't you know it's it's never been stacked obviously um but i think with with all their guys healthy i, I think they have a chance um another team that has a really easy schedule or i'm sorry yeah but anyway um then if it is what any anything that stuck out to you as far as like you know teams what, that you thought had like a, a decent schedule or yeah just looking at, at what we've got i would say uh the celtics they have five sub 500 teams. I mean, it starts out a little rough, you know, you got the bucks, you know, immediately, but um, you know, five sub 500 teams that's out of eight games. That's more than half your games. Yeah. And I think Celtics are like third in the East right yeah, now. Exactly. So, like, so this gives them a chance, especially, you know, that stretch where at the last three where it's magic Grizzlies wizards, like you said, without Bradley Beal, that really gives them a chance. The Celtics, the chance to, you know, ramp their, uh, their offense up really get everything running before they, you know, get to the playoff, which I'm guessing at the three seed, they're probably a shoe in, but you know, yeah, this that... gives them uh, an easy last three games to really, you know, go with what works for them and figure out what that is. Cause I mean, these guys haven't been on the court in months. So you still gotta, you know, get back to what you know with, with your teammates. Yeah, and a lot of people are, 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 are skipping the trip to Orlando, whatever the case may be. I know, a couple players are missing because I know I think Spencer Dimwitty is one of the guys who's missing out because I think his son is really high risk. So he didn't want to, you know, obviously risk getting sick, but I mean, the Nets just already at 30 and 34 are having a really tough go of it. On top of that, the, all the people that are going to be missing out for them, <laughs> no, Kyrie, team, no Kevin Durant, no Wilson Chandler God. and Deandre Jordan just came out today and said he wouldn't be going either oh. or yesterday, but within the next last couple of days. So right. they're playing, Without four of their five starters. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, um, no. Kyrie, Katie, Wilson Chandler, and DeAndre Jordan. When, when fully healthy, those are, I believe, four of them. Wilson Chandler may come off the bench. Forgive me for not knowing the Brooklyn Nets starting five. <laughs> How dare you? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's one where I'm like, why are we even going? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – at 30 and 34, honestly, they're probably, like, four, fifth in the, in the East. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but besides that, so talking about hardest easy schedules, what are what are some games that you want to see most? And so I made a note um, of, of a few here. Um, the one that really piques my interest is opening night: Lakers versus Clippers. Basketball is back. LeBron versus Kawhi. Like this is the one that, oh my god, I can't wait for basketball to be back. And oh by the way, it's the two best teams in the West duking it out. That's a way that's to gonna, come back. Anything for you guys that stood out? Ratings killer, it, it, right? Like, that's going to be one of the most viewed like audiences ever. I mean, it, it's going to be exciting just to have sports back. I mean, so please let. I, I just hope it stays put where it's at. I, you know, I know they they have all these procedures in place. Hopefully, everybody follows them. <laughs> um, I I'm excited because of that little stipulation. Um, with the eight and nine seed. So, I mean, if the Pelicans, you know, they, if they don't make the eight seed, but they're four games back with that eight seed, then they have like a two game playoff essentially. Yeah. And that's going to be fun to watch. I want to watch those bottom two just battle out and see what happens there. 
But, you know, me as a Rockets fan, I, I'm excited to watch. I want to see the Bucks Rockets and the Bucks Sixers. Since we don't play big ball and, you know, the Bucks are huge and the Sixers are huge. Yeah. I want to see how we handle that atmosphere. Can we go toe-to-toe with the big boys? And then if we don't, I don't know how our playoff chances are going to look. But if we hang in there, we slug it out, we win one of those. Okay, we we could make some noise in this playoff because running that small ball format, when they first started, they looked good, but then they got gassed. So now they've had three months to kind of train, hopefully weed out what was working, what wasn't working. Um, Hard looks like he's lost some weight, so he looks pretty good. So, I mean, hopefully we'll see what happens. I don't know. Those are the two I like to watch. So as of right now, just just going back to your Pelicans point, the Pelicans are in the tenth seed. They're twenty eight and thirty six. They're four games out of the eighth seed. Yeah. Um, wow. So four games out with that cupcake of a schedule, like you stand a chance, you know? Man. Like yeah, you know, yeah. And I believe so. In front of them is the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and the I'm sorry, Blazers and Grizzlies are are the two ahead of them at nine and eight. Ooh. Um, and Blazers. My memory serves me correct. Um, you know, they, they have a pretty easy schedule as well. They only have two sub-500 – or, I'm sorry, harder schedule. They only have two sub-500 teams. They have to play the Sixers, the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Celtics. Man. So, if I'm the Pelicans, there's definitely a real shot at this. Yeah. And I you think, think the NBA really wants Zion to do well. See, say, so, yeah, yeah, it's funny you say that because in bringing up games that you're really excited to see – Mine is Pelicans Grizzlies. I think John Zion Ooh, fighting yeah. for the playoff spot, fighting for rookie of the year. Okay. You know, fresh. It's gonna be it's gonna be high energy, I guarantee you. And they were one and two in the draft, right? Yeah. Back yeah. to back. So I think that one is what's highlighted for yeah, me. That's a damn good one. I think that one is just gonna be fireworks all around when they play that game. Uh, for me, I, I'd have to agree with you. Like I said, Lakers and Clips, another one just me being biased is Sixers Rockets. It's the last it's the it's the game it's it's the eighth game before the playoffs. So both teams, you know, a nice win going into the playoffs could mean a lot against a big time, you know, team. So the Sixers get a win over the Rockets. They're 0 and 2 versus the Rockets this year. So this would be a big win for them. If the Rockets win, then they know okay, you know, like you said, this is another team that we can kind of, you know, move past. So it's gonna be big for both teams and Obviously, I'm a Sixers fan. Obviously, I live in Houston, so it's going to be a lot of like trash talking going around, not only in this house, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but on social media. So I'm looking forward to that. So can you? So do you think the NBA rearranged or arranged the schedules for the Pelicans to make it easier with the possibility of the Pelicans taking the eighth seed? So Zion versus LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. Ooh. I mean, nothing. Nothing really surprises me at this point, and I think. Like you said, it's a lot of it is about ratings, and I mean, God, who wouldn't want to see? I mean, granted, the Lakers are going to wipe the floor with the yeah, Pelicans. So. It's going to be a three-zero sweep. Of, you know what I mean? They're going to win four games to yeah. nothing after well, three I mean, they're, games. They're basically playing their bench and Zion, right? <laughs> so. uh, but no, I'm, and and I do believe that like this this eight game eight game schedule was catered to let's get the best games that we can. Let's get the best oh, absolutely. players that we can get. At, you know what I mean? Like. Eight Could games, you imagine, in my though, opinion, if... isn't enough to, you know, sway a whole season. So let's just give eight games that are just the top teams. Let's just have them duke it out, and you know, eight or you know, eight on each side is pretty. If you're eight seeds, 
on either side, you're pretty much close to making it anyway. So yeah. Could you uh, imagine if Zion took down the Lakers? True. He's the, he doesn't got that skill set yet. Who you know, the Lakers are too deep. I mean, yeah, you got LeBron, but you also got oh, oh, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis would just like, put it on. I'm afraid I don't think he has enough strength to just start yamming on Anthony Davis. You know, yeah. The, but the Pelicans, they're a young team. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Lakers here, but if they're they're a young team and if they make the playoffs. <laughs> Coming as a ten seed, jumping all the way up, they're going to be young, hyped up, like all right, you know, we could make some noise in this playoffs, and they could give the Lakers a test. Well, oh yeah, you uh, you heard it here first. Matthew Gregory says Pelicans beat the Lakers round one sweep. Sweep, we heard them all. Bookmark it, sweep right here. I mean, I just I'm looking at I'm looking at their lineup, and I mean, Brandon Ingram is really the only like true scorer on that team. And he kind of, you know, as, as the waves are still too big for me. He needs to start flattening out those waves and being a little more consistent. Flatten he can, the curve. You know what I mean? Flatten the curve. It seems to be the, the mantra going on. But other than that, I mean, Drew Holiday, I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan from when he was with the Sixers. I absolutely love Drew Holiday. I think he's one of the most underrated players, not even point guards in the league, players in the league. Uh, but, I mean – what are you going to put Jackson Hayes on it? Anthony Davis, he's going to have 40 and 20. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? By half. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm ca- literally counting down the days. I know the, the players are reporting to training camp next week, I think. I think the 7th is when they're supposed to report. So I'm just glad that there's some basketball back. <sighs> you know what I mean? We were excited about baseball. Now basketball is right around the corner. So it's well, something. Um, another topic that we wanted to cover was um, really the fight of the year, in my opinion, oh, o- yeah. over in MMA. It was the Dustin Poirier, uh, Dan Hooker fight. And I mean, it was just a brawl. It was one of the ones that I had no business watching. Like, I had no, <laughs> I had no plans of watching it. Right. Um, it was just, I uh, was in bed and we were, I think we were waiting for you to get home, uh, Benavidez. We were just kind of, me and my girl was kind of chilling at the house. And uh, I was like, I wonder what's on ESPN. She was playing like her, her her game on her computer, and I was like, I'll just see what's on the ESPN app. I was like, Oh, there's a fight today. Yeah, you know, Dustin uh, Dustin Poirier, who's been on a tear lately. Um, let me turn this on, and I and I crap you not. This was one of the best fights I've seen ever. Really? And it was on UFC on ESPN. It wasn't even like a big card. It was yeah. just like huh. you had two good fighters. Um, and, and Poirier and Hooker, and uh, obviously uh, Poirier won the unanimous decision, went all five rounds. Uh, Poirier was number five, Hooker was number, f- I'm sorry, Poirier was four, Hooker was five in the 155 division, and did either of you guys get a chance to watch this or see any of the highlights of it? Because it was insane. Uh, no, I was, I remember you texting uh, in, in our group, talking about the fight and I think I I put it on for maybe a round or two and um and I mean they were just going at it I I know uh Poirier had a few combos there in the second that looked like they'd have put me in the hospital flat out I mean I they'd have starched me I'd have been stiff on the ground and and Hooker just like shook it off had a couple combos of himself you know himself there so I mean it was a it was a crazy fight for what I saw I, I ended up uh, doing something else, I couldn't catch the end of it. But um, from what I saw, man, they were they were going after it. There wasn't much uh, ground and pound, if you will. 
Yeah, so really the first two rounds, uh, I mean, Hooker landed a lot of volume. He had a nice, uh, you know, big punches to the head. He was landing leg kicks. He looked really polished. And, and in my opinion, I think he won maybe round one and possibly uh, round two. But I think because um, I think that later on in the second round, he had landed like a combo, a combo that ended with like a big knee. And I was like, oh, man, like this, this isn't looking good for, for old Diamond, Dustin Diamond Poirier. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, just just the combos yeah, that Poirier was landing. He was going head, body, head, mixing it up. Hooker had him on the cage, I think, in the second round, and did a beautiful like two to the head, two to the body, back to the head. Like it was one of the oh, best wow. combos I had seen. And again, like I put it in, in another group chat that I have with a couple guys I play fantasy football with, and one of them is a big MMA guy. And we were like, dude, this fight is insane. <laughs> and I get on Twitter, and it's a bunch of people that are like, oh my god, am I watching this fight? It was what? It just it was one of those fights that literally everyone was talking about. And it's, it's great that it wasn't like no one had to pay $60 to see it. Right. Um, Poirier comes out uh, early in round three, kind of sets the tone, big combos. Um, he get, he doesn't get taken down, but I mean, he was on the ground. He was throwing strikes and he was landing from the bottom. I think is that, is that not really his game? I, I don't know him that well. So he's, he's not really a, a ground guy, but I mean, that, that explains he was, you know the the champ for for a reason. At one point, you know what I mean. Like yeah. he's he's not bad, and 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 ever since he lost to Connor, which we'll get into in a second, he's just gone on a tear. Obviously, he lost to Khabib, but I mean, there's no shame in that. Yeah, who has arguably the greatest in the in the fight game right now. Um, again, uh, so in the fourth round, Poirier takes Hooker down. Um, and 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 speaking of Khabib, like he landed most of his significant damage. Um, he had him on like a leg ride, kind of a la Khabib. Uh, Nurmagomedov, which is how he gets some of his best ground and pound, right. locked that leg in and just started throwing the left hand, and that's how he got a lot of his big damage. I think that's what kind of swung the fight. I think he won two and three, but I think four is where he really kind of put it away, and kind of five was about more the more, same, more the same stuff. But um, I think round four is what really kind of won it for him. Okay, um, some cool understand. stats about the fight: uh, three hundred ninety total strikes landed, which is <laughs> The most yes. in a lightweight title fight um, and fifth oh. overall in, in UFC history. Wow. Uh, Poirier landed 208, Hooker 182. Like, they were both just throwing bombs. Like, there was like, – yeah, obviously, there was a, a takedown, but I think it was more because they were tired. Like, let's just get this to the ground and kind of reclaim our energy. Right. But they stood up, like, the whole first and second round for my uh, – Yeah, yeah. Game. Like I said, what, what I saw in the second and third, they were just tagging each other. There was no <laughs> ground game to be had at all. So yeah, you know, I, I believe it when you say 390 total strikes. You know, I'm and, down here at the beach, so I, I missed it. But listen to this. I mean, just listen about this, all your stats that you're throwing out. Man, I got to go back and watch this one. This one just sounds fun, man. You you have that many punches thrown. You know it's just going to – and it and it's free. That, yeah. yeah. And that was the crazy thing. was like I hadn't I, – I, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I know like – it's, you know, you want to, the ones that are on the, the big card, the UFC, the, the numbered ones, like 250, whatever, um, like those are the ones that like, oh man, this is the big card. If there's a, a card for free, it's probably not, you know, the biggest stars, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Cool. So I was just like, oh, okay, if I, if I watch it, I watch it. If I don't, I don't. I'm not, you know, I'm probably not missing anything. And so <laughs> I just like threw it on um, in the fight before that, which I'm blanking on who was Gall it? and. Oh, Gall and my, uh, Mike Perry. Yeah. Which. You know, Mike Perry looked great as well, but yeah. 
I turned on for that, and I was like, okay, Ben will be home, and then we'll, you know, we'll hang out or whatever later. Let me just throw this on in, in the meantime. And I'm so glad I did because, again, it was probably one of the best fights I'd seen in my life, and, and it's probably going to walk away with fight of the year. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next point is what do you think is next uh, for Dustin Poirier? So he jumps to number two. He's behind Justin Gaethje at one, and the champ Khabib. Um, and I wanted to get you guys' guys' opinion. Gaethje, obviously, that fight has been set with Nurmagomedov. That's not, yeah. that, it, that is happening, right? Yeah. So do you just keep him fresh until the winner of that fight? Do you let him go with Tony? Do you let him do uh, a rematch with Connor? What do you guys think? Um, I mean, personally, myself, uh, I think he'd be better served to fight Tony Ferguson. Okay. Um, I, I know Connor wants a fight, but I think, I think personally, Ferguson Poirier would just. I mean that if, if you want to talk about something that would. I mean after after the this Poirier Hooker fight that I think would just bring bombs as well. You know Tony Ferguson has has no problem going toe to toe with somebody. So I think right. that would be that'd be a great fight to watch. Now I wouldn't be upset if he fought Connor again. I know he lost to him like you said, right? However many fights ago, but I think. I think that's already run its course. I think Tony Ferguson stands up. And that was kind of early in both Dustin and Connor's careers. Yeah. So, you know, like, he's way better than he was back then. You know what I mean? Like, they were both kind of early in their their UFC careers. I think it was Connor's third, fourth fight in the UFC, I think. Um, Something like that. It was early in his UFC career as he was kind of building up his name. Um, and And actually, after the fight, uh, Connor posted the video of him knocking out Poirier on his <laughs> Twitter. Um, and so for me, I think it has to be Connor because if if I'm if I'm uh, Poirier, he's gone on a tear with a lot of fights. He gets this fight. He's the number four guy. He's fighting the number five guy in Dan Hooker, who has also been just on a tear lately. Yeah. Um, he's probably not getting paid a ton, you know what I mean? Because he's not in that champ conversation yet. Yeah. And he's going to have to sit behind Gaethje and, and wait for that fight. So if he can go get just buku paid with Connor, which everyone who fights Connor is going to get just massively Crazy paid. Money. Yeah, and then if you win that, then you get to fight for the title. Now it's a more millions coming in, or at least high hundred thousands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how Dana White does. Look at that collective bargaining agreement. Right. Um, so I think business-wise, the smart move is, is to fight Connor. But I could also see, like, let me just chill. The Gaethje uh, could be fight is, I think, in August, maybe September. I could be wrong on that. But it, he wouldn't have to wait too long. Maybe you're looking at a December fight or, like, a New Year's Day fight. I don't know what the calendar looks like right. uh, for events. But, see, you know. John, I'm with you. I say bring back Connor, man. I, he, you said this last week on the podcast. The man's not going to stay retired. Bring him back. Let him get in the ring and let them let them slug it out. I want to see six hundred punches thrown, you know, from the both of them. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing is like Connor's main issue with quote unquote retiring was he just we talked about it in the last pod or whatever it was. Like he just wants to fight. Yeah, he's pissed because he wants a fight and they they couldn't seem to find him one. Well, who fits? You know, you know, with with uh, Ferguson and Khabib and you know Gaethje just said that he doesn't want to fight him and you know. Who knows if Poirier's, you know, that dude just yet? Well, I think Poirier proved 
in astounding fashion on Saturday Saturday night. He is not a dude to be messed with. Yeah. And you know he's got that on his on his resume. Like he's got that blemish to Connor. And what better way to kind of put that away? You know, Connor hasn't fought since February. I think that's and that you know it wasn't like he. It, Cowboys washed FM as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if and, and before that, it was like a, what, a two, three-year layoff for Connor. So who knows what he really looks like. And in the meantime, Poirier's just been mowing him down in the lightweight division. So I think this is a chance to get Connor back in the ring with somebody who he believes is, is suitable to fight him. Yeah. You get, you get uh, sorry, um, Poirier, that fight back chance to, to get back uh, that blemish on his record um, and you move forward with a lightweight division like that like I think it just makes too much sense and brings in too much money to say no to you know what I mean uh, yeah, I just, I, just yeah. I guess the only thing I could say is, is, is Tony Ferguson you know uh, would be my would be my other one maybe Paul Felder but I, I don't mm. I think he, he just lost so he fell down the rankings uh I don't know, but I, that's one thing I want to talk with you guys about on your opinions. And I think Gregory, you said Connor makes the most sense, right? Yeah, I hundred percent. Me, I mean, I everything that you just kind of put out there in bullet points, man. Connor McGregor, bring him back. I want to see just the slugfest. I want to see that's just good for the sport to have Connor back. You can't have your stars, I agree especially with the way Connor just threw UFC out there. Bring him back, make him happy. Hell, make it free if you want. Show the there's UFC no way fight. that one's gonna be free. <laughs> <laughs> UFC they bring in the audience. They they need uh, you know just make a statement, and then after this, pay pay your guys. Uh, this is something the UFC really needs to do. Um, but that's the fight I want to see. I want to see the McGregor fight, man. I mean, I'm a McGregor guy. I know Sean, you probably ten times the McGregor guy I am, but you know I, I think it, he's just good for the sport there. Um, now, speaking kind of along with fighting, I wanted to bring up something about boxing. Um, I know you guys have probably seen Mike Tyson, how juiced he is as a 53-year-old man, correct? And then it's so insane. Like I'll, I'll randomly be on like the Instagram Explore page right. and just kind of flipping through early in the morning or before bed and uh, and just seeing him like throwing hooks. Like He got back into shape. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that dude can still knock somebody's oh, yeah. clean off. Yeah, he's yoked. And do you know why he's training, allegedly? No, why? It can't be for a fight. Well, Sean, or is it? As you say that, he wants to fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> oh, get no, out yeah, of here. That's not happening. No, it, legit. So Tyson Fury and Mike Tyson had talks, okay? This was about a week ago, and Mike Tyson wanted to do an exhibition, you know, three, five rounds. Mike Tyson's like, hey, he's doing great shape. Let's do it. But here's the problem, the money. Mike Tyson wanted 500 million pounds. <laughs> and Get this is pounds. Here. This isn't dollars. That's for U.S. dollars. That's over six. That's six. It's over $600 million for a fight. Uh, yeah, right. That's, you can't be and that's where that. talks stalled. So, I mean, if Mike Tyson say he took, I don't know, 50 million, 100 million. Do you think Mike Tyson can last around? I think he needs to take one of those zeros off the end of that because that's 
absolutely insane thinking you're going to get that much money for one. So 500 mm-hmm. million pounds is $619,527,500. Yeah, no. Uh, again, insane. take one of those zeros off. You might be able to get 50, 50 pounds, 50 million pounds, whatever. So if uh, Mike Tyson has any sense, you know, and he does do this, say he takes 50 million, do you think he could get out of the first round or the second round? Yes, because I, I think the point of boxing is to play the long game. It's not like MMA where you just go out and you just, you know, five five-minute rounds. If you're a champion, usually it's, you know, three five-minute rounds. Boxing, it's 12 rounds, and it's designed that way for stamina reasons. So if you're only going five, yeah, Mike can last probably five rounds, but there's no way he could last in a, in a real 12 to 15 round fight? Nah, he'd be done by seven. No, no. And also Mike Tyson, for me, I, don't think I, he I feel like Tyson Fury has too much respect for Mike Tyson. Like he seems like too good of a guy to go in there and just really like knock Mike Tyson's block off, like some 50 year old man, and go in there and try and <laughs> knock him out. In the I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The moment Mike Tyson tags me with a left hook, we're we're playing for real because you know he's not pulling punches. I hear you. I hear you. Don't get me wrong. But one, there's no way this could happen because. Tyson Fury has a three-fight deal already. He has to fight oh, the yeah. rematch with Deontay Wilder, and then he signed. Yep. Fight, sorry, then he signed a two-fight agreement with Anthony Joshua, I believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's one, but he still has two fights on the card that are real for <laughs> like for a belt, right? Like, stuff that he has to take seriously. I don't think now if nothing was on the cards and there wasn't any paperwork signed, um, okay. then you know, sure. For the money, give it to the fans. I think that'd be kind of cool to see uh, the names make it even easier, make it better. You know what I mean? Mike Tyson Fury. Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? It, it writes Oof. itself. I think it's something cool to talk about, but I feel like this is something that you see on like the Instagram Explore page. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, it, it would be a very interesting thing to see, but I one not for five hundred million pounds of anything yeah, 620 million dollars yeah that's no not a that's chance. Dude, yeah floyd's not even making like prime floyd's not making that yeah no it's insane um but yeah i mean that's all i had uh i don't know if you guys had any things you want to touch on no nah, that's about it for me yeah i'm good over here man just beaching awesome man well you enjoy it uh you know kick back have another beer on us um we're gonna be holding down the fort over here and we'll try to have another pod Next week, whether uh, Gregory, if you're calling in or if you'll be back by then, I'm not sure what your schedule. When yeah, I'll be back. back. I'll be back definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, man. Y'all take it easy. Have a very yeah, safe, safe, a very happy Fourth of July this weekend. Um, make sure to follow us. Uh, Baby, is what's that Instagram? Yeah. Um, if you uh, have anything you want to send to us, uh, MSM Productions 2020 on Instagram. Or you can email us at msmdailymail at gmail.com. Um, yeah, man, send us whatever you got. Awesome. We want to do a mailbag. And I know, I know, oh, yeah. I know we yeah. keep teasing the mock draft. And I think oh, when yeah. Gregory gets back, maybe that might Ooh. be things on the, on, the, on the top of the list. Cam I know he's chomping pick. at the bit. Every Cam day before pick. pod, he asks us, when are we going to do the mock draft? So we'll, we'll, it's coming. Trust us. <laughs> But uh, until then, we will see you guys next week. Again, have a very happy, very safe 4th of July. See you. Have a good one.